If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, I'm Brenda, and I'm Julia, and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us Shanae Alexander. Oh my God, you guys. Shanae is an entrepreneur, a lifestyle personality, a writer, a speaker, a wellness seeker. She's based in Brooklyn, New York, and her message is to empower people to be better through positive thinking, active change, self-love, with a lot of laughter and sarcasm along the way. And she's in the beginning stages of starting her first book. Like, okay. And I am. Woo. I can't believe that. We're going to definitely get to that later. And you guys probably know her as the host of the Press Send podcast. Welcome to the show, Shanae. Thank you for having me. I, I I feel like this is a big social interaction. Like this is how we like yeah. hang out with our friends now. Literally. So- I feel yeah. very happy to be here. I so enjoyed recording podcasts and doing my podcast, but also being on other podcasts because I'm like, this feels like a friend hang. Exactly. Yes. That's what it is. Absolutely. This is it, it's guys. A friend hang, but like everybody and their mom can eavesdrop on our conversation. We're all friend hanging. It's a massive friend hang. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. All friends. And it's so funny, you guys. We're going to go into introducing Shanae and all that stuff. She'll tell us a little bit about herself. Um, But what you guys have probably noticed through things we've shared with you is we're obsessed with the Present Podcast. Um, We've talked about it as one of our recommendations in the past. And funny story, we'll share this on our Instagram as it comes closer. But Ashley and I, who's been on the podcast before, um, met Shanae at a Hello Wellness event. And Julia was so upset that she could not make it that we ended up asking Shanae to send her a video and we did um, and we did, did. and Shanae has been on our when Julie and I first started planning for this this project we had Shanae on our dream guest list and here she is so we just have right. to like point that out you <laughs> never knew how easy it would be to get me to come <laughs> on the podcast you gotta put me on the like the like light dream guest light list. Dream. Right? dream. That, it's so <laughs> funny those hello wellness events I met so many people that like I've stayed in touch with and it was so nice to like hang out with with people and that was like I, I think back to that now I'm like wow we really took that for granted <laughs> right I was right? thinking about that the other day too like just meeting like meeting people you mm-hmm. it's the last time you've met somebody like inspiring conversations, conversations. Right. yeah 
You get to listen to some panels, get some food. It's so crazy. Oh, like, yeah. come on. <laughs> but Shanae, so beside that too, like you, you don't know this, but you and your podcast were definitely an inspiration for me and Brenda starting this podcast. Amazing. I love to hear that. It's, you know what? I had so many fits and starts with starting the podcast. I, I'm like overly, per, like, I mean, too much so a perfectionist and just like so particular about things mm-hmm. that I, I went through this whole cycle of, does the world need another podcast? How can mm-hmm. mine be different? How I need to get it perfect. The name has to be right. That everything had to be perfect. The branding had to be perfect. And you know, you, you talk to yourself. I think this is not just with starting a podcast. This is in general in life when we're starting a project or we're getting excited to like transition careers or whatever. Mm-hmm. We are so hard on ourselves about like, the the initial like we we assume that we're supposed to be good at it we assume that we're supposed to have it all figured out and mm-hmm. for me I waited so long to start my podcast because I was just so afraid of doing it wrong that I love that you guys were like screw this we're doing it like wow. other people have done it and I it, I love seeing podcasts that are just starting now or have started you know mm-hmm. a year ago or a few months ago because I'm like you're doing it, even though there's like a lot of things to listen to and there's a lot mm-hmm. of content in the world, everyone's voice is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And our, our biggest thing was like launch fast, adjust later. Like we're going to yep. put it out there. If it tanks, it tanks and we'll fix it as <laughs> we go. But we had an idea and we were like, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny. If you go back, some of the biggest podcasts like in the, in the world, if you go back to their first episode and listen to it, listen to how crappy it sounds. Yeah. Listen exactly. to how crappy, like, like even like the dynamics between hosts sometimes are off or like mm-hmm. the technical issues or they haven't gotten their format down or whatever. And I always, whenever I'm having a down day about like anything that I'm doing with podcasting, I'll go listen to like one of those first episodes of a very popular podcast. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you didn't know what the hell they were doing. Yes. <laughs> Also, you can that. scroll. You can also scroll very far back on Instagram to people that have grown very big on Instagram, mm-hmm. and the same effect. Wow! Totally right out of the box with it's, the tips from Chanel. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But today, before we get into like all of that stuff, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us sure. a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and if you don't mind saying how old you are. Yeah, of course. Um, I am definitely not in my twenties. Let's start there. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to be 35 next month. And that came faster than I thought. I am in Brooklyn. I'm in Bed-Stuy. I have lived in New York for probably, I think I just celebrated my 13th anniversary, which feels great. Anyone that knows New York is like, and any New Yorkers, congratulations. Like that's like actually (laughs) something to be congratulated for, especially this year. But I I moved here to pursue fashion and I did not pursue fashion. I pursued, um, well, I did pursue fashion and then I figured out that I didn't like the fashion industry at all from doing an internship. So I ended up transitioning out of that whole dream. And that, and like, it's crazy because I had worked so hard my entire high school and college life to Mm -hmm. work at a fashion magazine in New York, worked at a fashion magazine for three months and was like, wow, this isn't for me. And it was like, your world turns on a dime. And mm-hmm, so yeah. then I was like, what else do I like to do? I I don't have any other major qualifications. I haven't studied anything else. And so I ended up getting a job in PR and marketing. So I did that. And then I had a crazy journey with jobs and ended up 
being um, an event planner for a long time. And then I started Instagramming and doing content creation kind of during that time too. was never my dream to be um, an influencer or content creator full time. That was just something that happened. And I very, not my personality, but I just went with it. Mm-hmm. Usually I like to like strong arm. To plan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Virgo energy like hugely. Coming and through. so, yeah. So definitely I have failed into everything that I've ever done. And some of my worst failures at the time have been kind of the things that have made my absolute dreams come true. And now I live in Brooklyn with my boyfriend, my cute dog named Dingo, who Dingo. is- my my like little angel pie um, so cute being like a dog mom when people used to say that i'd be like y'all are lame but yeah. now that i'm i'm like i like Get pretty it. much have like dog mom for life tattooed on my ass like pretty yes. much that's where i'm at mm, so, i'm a recent dog I, mom so i really oh like i'm turning red because i'm like my heart is relatable relatable how's it going it's being a dog she's, mom. I got her in November. Okay. She's the best thing that ever happened to me. She I've she, never seen Julia love next week. The way she loves this dog. It is out of this world. And you know what? <laughs> it, it is it is a really fun thing to be in a stage in your life where you feel like you have the ability to take care of something and nurture something, even if it is a pet. And I think I never really did that. I was always really, I was always selfish in like a, an empowering fun way of mm-hmm. like, I think of mostly for myself and like my lifestyle, but you know, there are certainly trade-offs with yeah. like having a dog or making this, I'm assuming having a kid too, there's sacrifices there, but oh, yeah. certainly like the payoff is so good. So yeah, dog mom, definitely trying to make Dingo Instagram famous. It isn't working yet. <laughs> we'll get but there, I need we'll get him. There. I need him to start paying some bills, if you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the sign goes up soon. <laughs> exactly. And so I also um I started my Instagram account dealing with fitness and wellness. And then I've kind of transitioned it to a full lifestyle account that, you know, we delve into a lot of like kind of like deeper issues being women or people in general and mm-hmm. I just, I have such an awesome community online and they're so smart and so kind and, and just like compelling and talkative in the best ways. And so, yeah, I, I, I never imagined being where I am, but I'm very happy that I am, especially challenging in times like this, but it also Mm -hmm. really gratifying in times like this. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I get to have events and meet great people like I get to like meet people in real life Mm -hmm. off the internet which is amazing yeah definitely and guys if you don't follow Shanae yet she'll tell you where you can find her later but you you just you must (laughs) she's so well spoken and I feel like she's constantly putting stuff out there that like are in our brains and she doesn't even realize it and it just makes it super relatable so you gave us so much in part of your story and I a little piece that we wanted to kind of ask from there is do you have any advice for someone who hasn't figured out their calling yet and are kind of struggling with how to how to go about dealing with that I feel like that's like the 20s thing. Like every Oh yeah. Like what you said about like, you know, p- wanting to pursue fashion for so long and then you get there and you realize, "Oh shit, actually this isn't for me." And then your whole right. world turns upside down. Like I feel like we have so many friends going through that right mm-hmm. now and it's it's cr- it's it's a hard thing to deal with. Oh yeah. I mean, this is like very easy to say on the other side of this. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that first is when you are going through it and I'm going through this a little bit at 35, to be honest, again, of just like, mm-hmm. what's next. It's mm-hmm. like that next level up. 
I felt like I went through this at like 27, 28. I went through a whole total like career change and kind of like reformatting of my life very unexpectedly. I had a boss of eight years that basically said, you're supposed to be an entrepreneur. You're not supposed to work here anymore. Um, your last days in two days, I'm going to pay you for two months, go start a company. So I literally was on my ass like this. And mm-hmm. so for me, the best piece of advice I could give to someone in their twenties is don't try to rationalize or understand why your path is your path. If you can step out of it for a second and accept that exactly what is happening to force you into the places where you need to be, that, just understand that that's happening and you may not like it. You aren't going to like how it happens. I didn't mm-hmm. like being fired. I didn't like not liking fashion. I didn't, I didn't like that, you know, the reason I have an Instagram account is because I did a phone interview for a job at ClassPass doing social media. And that's why I started an Instagram account. Oh my God. So yeah, just so they would see I had an interest in social mm-hmm. media and fitness mm-hmm. because it was for a coordinator position in yeah. social media. And like the fact that she was like, I had 300 followers at the time. She was like, you don't have any experience and like, you don't have any followers. And I'm like, okay, but I kept doing it. But if I wouldn't have ever failed at that interview, I would have probably been working my ass at class pass right now rather than mm. cultivating my own personal brand. So I would say, you know, for anyone that feels lost, you are not lost. You are just, you just don't know exactly where you are at that moment, but you are on a path. You, you may not feel like that, but you are. And the more that you strong arm yourself to figure out what you're supposed to be doing and, and finding out the answer, you are going to box yourself into things that you don't want to really be doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying just fly by the seat of your pants and don't try. Try a lot of shit. Try a lot of things. And the thing is, it's like you have a very small vision for your life. You have a very small worldview for like what your path looks like. And I'm glad it's not up to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad it's not. I'm, I'm really glad that like our yeah. path and our timeline is not really up to us because the universe or God or whatever you believe in or like fate or whatever your system of belief is, it is better than what you can dream. Mm, I love that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm I telling love that. you, it sounds trite. And like, no, no, like, it oh, doesn't. Oh, in like the best right way. No, no, it no it's like, like, I think what people need to hear. Yeah. yeah. What we need to hear. Now. <laughs> I'm like, Especially oh, now. I mean, Absolutely. that, that whole, that whole thing of like, you know, that quote that I feel like people have at their like Airbnbs on like the bathroom, like <laughs> in cursive, it's like not all who wander are lost, but oh, like yeah. truly, I mean, I'm like, don't put that shit in your Airbnb, but, <laughs> but, but it kind of does make sense. Like yeah. just because you don't know exactly where you're going, doesn't mean you're not going anywhere. Yeah. As long as you keep doing something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like be active in your approach. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't be, don't be waiting for life to happen. It's like my single girlfriends who are like, Oh, I can't meet anyone. Well, right now this doesn't apply to them, but like right. before, before we were all sitting our couch on couches, yeah. <laughs> well, are you dating? Are you, are you mm-hmm. swiping? Are you trying to meet people? Are you sitting at coffee shops? Are you striking up conversations? Right. Are you waiting for the fucking caviar delivery guy to come sweep you off your feet? Yeah. You know, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? And yeah you may not know exactly how things are going to happen and like what avenue it's going to be, but, but putting action and hope into both of your hands and then moving Mm -hmm. forward and not being so tied to like exactly how it happens. I think that's, that's been huge for me. 
Yeah, yeah. I no, really, I really like that. I think that's so powerful because I think there's there's so much shame around failure. There's so much shame in not knowing what comes next, being wrong. And I think your advice of saying try things, regardless, you're going to have an answer. Whether it's nope, that's not it. Let's try something new, as opposed to sitting there and and you know shaming yourself for that one thing not working out. It's going to lead you in a certain direction. And I think that's really helpful because a lot of people in their 20s not only feel shame for not knowing what they're going to do, but I think also feel a lot of shame around shifting their perspective on maybe what they thought they were going to do isn't what they end up doing. There's just so many different layers. So I think our audience is going to be deeply grateful (laughs) for that response. I actually, I was listening to Brene Brown's podcast, who I'm obsessed with, this morning, and she was talking about the difference between shame and guilt. And I think it's really helpful to share here, but also the difference between like shaming ourselves and failing because like, so the way she describes it, and I thought this was really fascinating was that shame is saying I am bad and guilt is, do- is saying I did something bad or, or something didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So rather than, you know, let's say you didn't get the job interview, the difference between shame and guilt is a shame. The shame is I'm stupid. I'm worthless because I didn't get this job interview and guilt, which we should shift more to guilt rather than shame is saying, yeah, I, you know, I I wasn't great at answering the questions during the interview, or I should have prepared more for that. Mm -hmm. It isn't isn't about us as people. It is about the action or the thing that happened. And I think the more we can do that, uh, we will try to do more things because if deep shame about us personally isn't attached to everything that we do, Yeah. We can go, okay, yeah, I tried that. Nobody listened to my podcast. I tried it for a year. Nobody listened. Moving on. It's not because I'm uninteresting and horrible. It's because maybe I didn't have a good enough concept or like it just didn't work out and it's less of a big deal and it doesn't shut us down internally. I found that like extremely helpful. But I think as we're talking about failure a little bit of like, it takes the pressure off of this being, you know, everything we do isn't, isn't, you know, a directive on who we are. These are things that we do. Mm -hmm. And it's going back to the thing about like, there is a higher, if you believe that, which I do, and I know Brenda does too, like if there, there is some sort of higher plan for you. So why, if, if you believe that and you can believe that you don't always have you know, the power to control sometimes things are meant to be because they're meant to be, then, then why, if you believe that, why would you stop yourself with shame? Right. You know, right. it's, it's and, counterproductive. And, and they're also like, especially in your twenties, like this is the only time in your life where you will have, or not, you know, maybe not everybody in their twenties, but a lot of people in their twenties, it's the only mm-hmm. time in your life when you really do have the flexibility and freedom to try things without yeah. like massive risk to like, yeah you know, you don't have three kids yet. Most people in their twenties, you know, I mean, some do, but like most people in their twenties don't have like, they're not super tied down. You, you know, are, are maybe not making as much money, but you're a little bit more financially flexible because you don't have a lot of stuff or you don't Mm -hmm. need a lot of stuff or you're not paying like a mortgage or for a kid's education. So I feel like it is, it is the perfect time to experiment and fail. I love it. It's amazing though how often we need to be reminded of it though. Like as a woman in her 20s, like I I, I feel like, oh yeah, when we're talking about it, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And then it's so easy to forget and be so hard on ourselves. So like I have to be better. I know personally, 
to remind myself of that every day because it's true. I'm 35. I'm almost 35 and I'm like still, I still have to have that conversation with myself of like, hi, you've learned this lesson 50 times. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Totally. I'm like, did I develop amnesia since last time that we like talked about this with myself? Like, (laughs) it's crazy. (laughs) We are very, we are very selective in our memory. It's kind of like after you go through a breakup, and you think back on the person like a year later, you only have, you have, you're like, oh, it was so good. And they were romantic. And you have this highlight reel of what it was really like. But mm-hmm. I always tell people after a breakup, write that shit down, write why it was bad, write all the things that you didn't like, because you will need a reminder that mm-hmm. in fact, this is what it was really like. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to remind ourselves in the, in the kind of more positive spin on that of like reminding ourselves of things that we tried or moments that we risked yeah. and the world didn't end, you know, like Mm -hmm. we still had friends, people Mm -hmm. still loved us. You know, we, 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 everything doesn't work out perfectly all the time, but like we still have our base needs, our base community, the people that, that still pour into us and, and remembering that I think makes it less scary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we are really big Brene Brown fans. Actually, um, Um, didn't tell Julie and I was like, we're going to dream big here. Let's reach out and just get, you know, Dr. Brene Brown on the podcast. And her people were like, she's busy. I mean, you know what? Again, (laughs) it's like Sinead Brene Brown. You know what? (laughs) You can, once you, when you guys, when your podcast is like huge, you can be like, we already reached out to you. And she's (laughs) going to be like, Yeah, she's, you're going to be like, we're kind of busy right now, but we'll get back to you. We'll, we'll let you know. time in the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, Shanae is incredible at giving advice. But Shanae, what gave you the inspiration to start an advice podcast out of all things? So one of my biggest tips for people, and this is especially helpful for people in their 20s, is um, when you don't know what you're good at or what you should be doing or you feel stuck about like your path and all that, Listen to what people tell you that you're good at because people will tell you and give you guidance. And I think it's kind of like, I don't believe in like angels and shit necessarily, but I think it's people that are guiding you and speaking mm-hmm. into your life and calling, especially people that you really love and people that you trust. So if, yeah. if you're at home listening and you feel like I'm stuck, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what my next adventure is. I always tell people get three to five people in your life. Mm-hmm. The, the people that like don't, sugarcoat things, but also are very honest and true with you. And it's uncomfortable to ask people this because um, it's very vulnerable, but I think that in and of itself is a practice, but ask people what you, what they think you're good at. Like, where do you as an outsider see where I am good? So for me, like the reason I started giving advice is I was doing this in my DMS, Mm -hmm. you know, people Mm -hmm. started by just writing on Instagram and like, by just putting out content, people would then say, I have this situation with my boyfriend. I have a, a tough relationship with my mom. And I realized the more vulnerable I was in my writing, the more people were vulnerable to me and mm-hmm. asked me mm-hmm. for advice. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, this shit shouldn't stay in my DMs because I found myself getting the same question over and over, the same types of questions, mm-hmm. different people, different scenarios, but similar heart to them. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, how much better would this be? And how much less alone would we all feel if you could be listening to a podcast and hear not your specific problem, 
but that someone else is going some through something that feels parallel to what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of getting the advice you never asked for, but the advice that you needed. And so what I did was I listened to what people were telling me I was good at. People were saying, we want advice. We want your voice. We want your opinion on what's happening in their personal life. And so for me, I, I, I obeyed that, mm-hmm. you know, I obeyed that calling from outside. And so after you get kind of the feedback mm-hmm. from people that you love, sit down with it and, and, and don't, they don't need to say like, you're really good at gardening. You should be a gardener, but more so look at it and say, okay, people think I'm really good at communicating. People think I'm really good at making people feel comfortable. People think I'm really good at, you know, doing X, Y, Z, whatever those things are, but take those, take that feedback and be like, what, what things could I do that live within this world? Like Mm -hmm. for me, whenever I started my event planning company, I kind of did this with people I worked with at my previous job. I was like, what am I good at? So I got to start a company. And they were like, you're really good at bringing people together. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, how do you bring people together? What do I like to do? Oh, I love to like host. Mm. I love to plan events. Well, maybe I should start an event planning company. And literally from the mouths of other people came my business. Yeah. I love that. And your mission, particularly with everything that you've shared, everything we've witnessed you doing it just aligns with ours so perfectly. And you're real, you're raw. You say yourself, even in your own podcast, that you aim to make people feel less alone. And what exactly inspired you to share those like really deeply personal things, like I, the the vulnerable stuff that people are so attracted to to knowing more about? You know, when I started posting stuff on Instagram or on the pod, well, first of all, Instagram, but then the podcast obviously came later when I was a little bit more used to sharing like all the stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can share about like a nipple hair, you can share about anything. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're we're all Gucci's. But um, <laughs> I, I remember when I wanted to start writing more on Instagram. And I wanted to write more about like singleness. And I wanted to write more about feminism and what it meant to be a woman to me and then like body image, but I wanted to write about it in a different way from my experience. Every time and I started small. So you can start small with vulnerability. So I started small by telling small stories about my life. And every time I would do about to post something that was like more personal, I would get this feeling, this like sick feeling in my stomach. And then I would do it anyway. And that would always be what resonated most with people. Yes. And would be the most like, I don't really give a shit about like Instagram successful, like likes, comments, that kind of stuff as much. Mm-hmm. But like people would write me and be like, I needed to hear that. I'm going through that. I see myself in that. You know, and so even still today, when I have like a pit growing in my stomach, when I write something, I'm like, Ooh, it's going to be good because, because if you are afraid to Mm -hmm. share something, a lot of times that's exactly what you need to share because what it does is it opens this little window for other people to breathe Mm -hmm. because they are in that stuffy room Mm -hmm. and you've opened the window a crack because they're like, Someone else has had this thought. Someone else has had this fear. Someone else has gone through this. And I think when you open that window just a little bit and you can breathe a little better and someone else can breathe a little bit, it's a chain reaction. They do it too. They share their story. And so for me, it was about how do I be a good example and a good steward of my space online? Wow. 
Yeah. And vulnerability in itself is exactly what brings people together. Like that yeah. that in itself is 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 a piece of your strength. It's it's so crazy. We've seen that so much here too. Is th- that's really like why we we started this also. Julie and I were having these conversations and we started bringing up things we were insecure about and things that people kind of don't talk about at all. And then we were like, what if we talked about this more? Let's test it with our friends, you know? And it's like you you feel so connected to people when you feel like you really understand stuff going on in their in their brain. So, yeah. Um, it's so yeah. powerful. Especially with all like the 20 20- things like we like me and Brenda we used to go on walks every Friday morning because we both didn't work on Friday mornings and we were just talking about like all this all this 20 stuff and we're like I think other people might also be experiencing (laughs) this like let's talk about it not just us I'm gonna say this in like the nicest way possible yeah but I always tell people you are you are not that special like You are, you are unique and you are significant, but you are not special. Like your experience is typically not special. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that even in when people submit to the podcast, their advice questions we see over and over, people are going through the same shit. Like a lot of times I'll be like, okay, I have 10 questions that are addressing this one real issue. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. But Mm -hmm. you know, I think in some ways, someone, some people might say like, oh, that feels negative to say that we're not special. No. But in fact, I think it's very comforting. Yes. Like being like, we don't, we're not living like this unique of an experience. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And when you look okay. around you and you like, you just take a second to take inventory of like people around you, you, you start to realize that and then you feel less naked. In yeah. It. Yeah. You just feel less pressure and you're like, oh wait, mm-hmm. oh shit. Okay. We're all like, we're all messed up. Like, yeah. oh, we're all like, <laughs> we're all like wondering what the hell is going on. Like, yeah. oh, we're all stressed about like our bodies. Oh, oh God. Everyone's thinking about like back fat. We're fine. Exactly. We're all fine. Exactly. Speaking of Instagram, Shanae, I want to talk about actually one of your recent in- Instagram posts. I think you posted it yesterday or the day before, um, but you wrote this beautiful caption about uncertainty and yeah. it super resonated with me and I, I'm sure many people especially during this time are feeling that so I just wanted to dive into a little bit more on on that and uh, what made you post that and how, how you're just feeling with like uncertainty and it also brought up for me like feeling like I need to be you know we kind of talked about this earlier but like feeling like I need to be at a certain place in my life and from the floor falling out of plans and Yeah, I would just like love to dive into that a little more. Sure. So little backstory, when I was growing up, I, I've always been, you know, a warrior kid. I was always like worried about what was going to happen. And my life, we moved like every three years when I was little, my parents divorced in the sixth grade, my dad eventually like later in life, just like wasn't really in the picture. And so I, I constantly felt like this bottom was dropping out from under me my whole life of just like, ah, change, constant, constant change. And I, and I don't know how much that's actually shifted since being an adult, but what it did for me as a kid is it, and I'm going to say the word trauma. And I mean that in like a, you know, psychological clinical way. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like, I didn't get, I didn't get like the shit beat out of me or anything, but, but the trauma of not feeling secure, I think has now, yeah, has now made me an adult that really seeks security and seeks Mm -hmm. planning, seeks what's going to come. And um, like we said earlier in the podcast, that's just unfortunately not how it works Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the time. And so I'm in a place, a really interesting place right now. Um, I think we all feel very uncertain about the future. I think most of us 
have dealt with the uncertainty of what's going to happen in a year or five years or 10 years. I don't think we're quite used to the uncertainty of what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. I think we, we, we have never been in this position to have to yeah. worry about like next week, look what it looks mm-hmm. like, how we work, how we make money, how this affects partnerships or whatever. It's just like, we don't even have like our health to rely on or anything yeah. like that. So, so on top of me seeking out security for the long-term plans of my life, I have also felt very stressed and anxious about not being able to plan for the immediate. And I think that all just culminated, you know, mm-hmm. it's really culminated for me this week. It's been a really hard week, to be honest. It's been yeah. like, <laughs> there's uh, something in the universe this week. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I swear. I I think there is, and I think we're just tired. I think we're all hitting this point of exhaustion. I know a lot of people, like, don't live in New York, but New York, we already went through uh, the really bad part of this, and now we're kind of, like, in this weird downhill slope, but I also feel like at any moment, it could just be back to where it was. So I'm, you kind of can't get comfortable, and I think that is, like, kind of just how things feel right now, is there's no way to just get comfortable and it's hard to relax. Even like I was reading this tweet thread about why zoom calls are and like zoom meetings are really stressful for people. And he was saying, he was saying we are not used to having to look at ourselves and we can't relax because you're constantly consumed with how you look at every moment. Usually in a meeting, people are looking at the person talking or they're zoned out. But with this technology, you're able to see everything. And so everyone is conscious. We're not able to relax. That's so so interesting. Exhausting. And I kind of Mm -hmm. heard that and I was like, wow, I kind of feel like that in life right now. Like Mm -hmm. I can't relax because I don't know what's coming at us from any angle. And so that's something that I'm dealing with right now. And then also I think naturally this did not happen at 30. So when I turned 30, I was just stoked to be 30. I was like really excited. I think as women, 35 comes with a lot of different, um, things. And so one of those things is obviously like your body starts to age. Like if you want to have children, 35 is like when your eggs start falling off or dying or whatever the hell happens. And it's like, it's that, that it it feels really scary for me because all through my twenties and my early thirties, I never thought about that stuff. Yeah, I never was stressed about it. I was like, I don't know if I want to get married. I don't know if I want to have kids. And now you know, you find yourself 35 in a very committed relationship, wondering what the next steps look like for you. And if your partner's there too, and that is stressful. Yeah. Like, Cause it's not in your complete control. No, it's not in your control at all. It's actually like totally up to time yeah. and your body. And so yeah. that feels um, like a crazy thing to be going through at this time. And then I think in general, like I think because, you know, our political system and like the way the world is right now, that feels very unsettling. Yeah. And so you're like, ah, nothing that I'm used to hanging on to. Like, I thought we had systems for this shit. We don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that, you know, for the most part, being young and healthy, you could be young and healthy. And, you know, other than a freak accident, Mm -hmm. you're probably okay. I thought that, you know, abstaining from hanging out with friends was like a fun thing that I got to do sometimes and just be like, "Eh, I'm going to not go and like take a bath. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're all like, shit, we want to hang out with our friends. (gasps) We do things. We'd do anything. (laughs) Literally. 
and and it so, is so true. I think we're all I think we're all really uncomfortable right now. Yeah. And I'm feeling uncomfortable for a lot of reasons and I think it's really important to share that because especially on social media people are like trying to be like I get that they're trying to be as positive as possible, mm-hmm. but it's okay to say that everything sucks. Like yeah, it, yes. it's okay to say that and to feel that occasionally. Mm-hmm. I think you can get back to a place of positivity, but just being like, man, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow Things is right. Not good. Not, not good. good. Not good. I know. It's really it's insane. Like Julia and I would talk, especially earlier on in, in the quarantine moments when New York was really really ng. Um, and we would talk, and me and Julia would be like, "All right, I'm really trying to be positive." People are posting about thriving in quarantine, which good for you, 100. percent And I'm like, I'm thriving in some areas, and then sometimes I wake up and I'm the biggest bitch on the planet, and I'm usually pretty positive. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, things are good." So like, I'm like, "There's." It's so crazy. Yeah. Well, and also people's definition of thriving is just different. And also yeah. we have to remember that like we're all under different financial constraints. We're mm-hmm. all in different types of homes. We all have different types of like relational status. We all have different stressors. So, you know, I'm not experiencing the same things as someone who is like really strapped for cash or has three yeah. kids running around that are like driving them nuts mm-hmm. or who has to put off going to school or Mm -hmm. something like that. I'm not going through the same things. I'm going through different things. And so I think kind of being okay with being like, hey, we're all having our moments Mm -hmm. of like good and bad throughout this time and letting ourselves have those kind of like ups and downs for me. Like I'm taking impeccable shits, but I, everything yeah. else is falling apart. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, like I'm eight o'clock on the dot in the mornings. I'm good. But Incredible. The rest of it is bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you got, but you have to focus on positives. At least there's a positive. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, also I feel like, I feel like people deal with stress and cope in different ways. Totally. And so some people are coping by making this a goddamn boot camp. Yeah. Like they're mm-hmm. like getting abs. I'm like, what yeah. is abs? <laughs> That's I'm not like, my I'm, I'm literally just trying to survive this time yeah. and stay sane. But mm-hmm. like, I think that it's, it's important to share the various experiences that we're going through. I don't think everyone should stop saying that they're thriving or they're yeah. having the best time ever. I think that's, a, that's a valid experience. Yeah. But totally. also being able to be like this fucking sucks and like mm. I'm tired and I can't relax also a good thing to share to a certain degree yeah and to realize Definitely. that and I love that you've also shared I think it was recently shared to something about comparative suffering which I think was Brene. a Brene Brown um episode and also just like yeah people are going through all different things and they're all valid and it's it's we fall into a comparison trap in all aspects and sometimes with a good intention because we feel bad for, you know, if we're not in this place, then it's not, we're not allowed to feel bad or to feel uncertain or any of those things. But that layer is super, super helpful yeah. too. And compare yeah. in comparison with ourselves because every day is different. Like oh if you're God, comparing yes. yourself today to the person you were yesterday or a week ago under these circumstances plus normal life circumstances like we could really take a big shit on ourselves I mean, she's, oh yeah. my gosh <laughs> she's we, gotta, we gotta just we have to just survive and anything on top of that is gravy like yeah. any on anything on top of like surviving this is extra 
and mm-hmm. celebrating the extra, but not expecting it from yourself right now, I think is mm-hmm. important. Like my, like someone was like, it's the perfect time to write your book. I'm like, oh my God, this would be the most depressing book if I wrote my book right now. No one wants to read this book. Like <laughs> I need to get over this hump and then write my book because, mm-hmm. you know, it, what is a creative time for some people is a really, you know, like I'm not creative when I'm stressed. Mm don't know about you guys. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm like, let me just nope. watch 90 Day Fiance. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. At least TLC has it together. I mean, truly. <laughs> no one else does. TLC will ride us through this wave. Thank God. <laughs> I feel that so intensely. <laughs> You really do. That's been your go-to. <laughs> it's been my go-to. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect to share this, but I'll just say, because, Shanae, you bring out the, the the feels in everybody, but, like... Deepest breath, my sweet Jew. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I'm all of a sudden going through a breakup, and, oh, my God, I can't cry on a podcast. And yes, it's yes, okay. you can. I have and, cried on... I cried on my podcast last week, girl. Yeah. Cried <laughs> and, um, like, had to move out of my apartment, and now I'm a single dog mom, and don't have my normal job because I'm an actor and my industry's closed and like where I was last week in this quarantine is so different from where I am now yeah. mm-hmm. and so it's like I can't you can't compare to that you just got to keep surviving just keep and reading. also but the really good news is that next week will be different and it will be better than this yes <laughs> like I, I mean the only the thing I always say is like when things are absolute shit like they only can they can only improve or change. At least it's a change of scenery, mm-hmm. or it's it's some some difference in the hell that you currently are in. I can't imagine. I actually know a lot of people that are going through a really similar thing. Yeah. So you're not alone. Um, this is bringing out things in everybody. We we are having to cope with some very hard realities, and so you are not alone in going through a breakup, you are not alone in going through this job thing. And I know that doesn't make it easier on you, but certainly like the, the, the feeling of, okay, I'm marching toward this new different type of life with other people that are marching alongside me in this moment. It may not feel comforting, but overall, like it will, Mm -hmm. it will. Yeah, definitely. But that's like very intense to share. No. I'm really glad you shared it. And don't you dare cut it out of this podcast. I will not. I will not. (laughs) No. And the lesson here is like, just get Shanae on your podcast so you don't have to write (laughs) into the podcast so she'll answer your question immediately. That's what we're learning. I'm all here for actually that reason. (laughs) That's why we brought her on. We knew this. That's why. That was the only reason. No, but seriously, and and she said it before you, which she had clearly no idea (laughs) that you're going through this right now. But she said it a few moments ago about even things like breakups serving a purpose and it doesn't freaking feel like it today and it freaking sucks in every every way but down the line with people like me by your side no kidding yeah. um we will we will support you through so thank you and for also that. i mean here's the thing in my mid-20s i went through the worst breakup i dated someone for three years i thought it was the one we yeah, were talking about years. getting engaged yeah and like Within that moment, you feel that everything that you feel like you wasted time, you feel Mm -hmm. like you, um, you gave time away to someone that like it maybe wasn't worthwhile. And also it feels like, you know, I would, after that breakup, I would be like, I don't think I'll ever meet someone that like gets me that way. Or like, how long would I have to be with someone for them to like, have that sort of like friendship and that sort Mm -hmm. of 
dynamic? Like how do, how long did it take us to get comfortable into that place? And I think that stuff is really hard, but then I am so glad that I did not end up marrying the person that I broke up with when I was in my twenties and he broke up with me once and I broke up with him once. And the Mm -hmm. thing is, is like, and at that moment, if you would have told me this, this shit that I'm telling you, I would have been like, seriously, go to hell. But, but (laughs) being on the other side of it, being on the other side of it, even though right now it feels like immeasurable, like the amount of shit feels immeasurable. This, these things, these things are orchestrated. Like we said, not Mm -hmm. just our work, but our 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 relationships are orchestrated in a divine way by something and if it's not something that lives in the sky or lives in a book or anything it's it's we have guiding things within us mm-hmm. and the guiding thing within you is steering you in a new direction and you do not know where that is and that's scary and i'm sorry that it's scary but it will be better oh, i love you Shanae. i just met you <laughs> I'm emotional for you. And I think a really big question that might be on someone's heart would be, especially in your 20s, after being in such a committed relationship for a good amount of time, I think that pressure to be further down the line, right? Like we said, planning for engagement, planning for moving in to get like all these crazy things, that fear of like wasted time and how, you know, being too late in the game at this point and how are you going to find someone new and all these things. How did you kind of, obviously you're thriving and all these things, but in that moment, how did you kind of cope with where do I go from here? Let me tell you, I did not meet the love of my life, who is my boyfriend now until a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So um, the right person entered my life at 33. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I dated everybody, everybody, everybody in in New New York York. City. (laughs) Um, I dated every person in New York. And let me just tell you that like, there were times when I let the fear of being alone or the fear of not moving forward, make me settle for someone, maybe not even settle in the like, 17 magazine way of like, don't settle for this jerk. It was more like I needed someone to fill the hole. So I felt like I was progressing. Mm-hmm. because yeah. if you're alone, you are not mm-hmm. progressing in this yeah. culture, right. but which is not true. No. So for me, my dream job came at 30. Mm-hmm. My person came at 33. My mom got divorced at 40, met her dream man 15 years ago. So she's in her 60s. She met her dream man 15 years ago. So like, and she changed careers at 40. Like, It was modeled for me that your life can change at any moment and your life can change for the best at any moment. And you have like, you have everything that you need to survive right now. You don't need to like do anything else to like weather this. You're good. Mm -hmm. But, but knowing that there is life on the other side, there is, there is more and not putting the time constraints that everyone else has. I'm from Texas. I get it. Everyone that I know from college is like literally has three kids. So you have to fight. You have to fight that thing of wasted time because you didn't waste time. You used your time. You Mm -hmm. learned a lot of shit. You learned what you want to put up with, what you don't want to put up with. You became more of yourself. Guess what? Nobody wants to, like, I don't want to date the guy that I thought was the man for me when I was 18 or 25 or even 30, to be honest. And I'm not saying that no one, you know, people don't find their love until they're in their 30s or whatever. I don't even think people have to find a partner Mm -hmm. to be whole in this life. Oh, yeah. You know, like there are people that meet their person when they're 60. 
-hmm. you know, but I think, you know, it's hard to be okay with that timeline and be okay with it happening and and unfolding as it will. There is no way to do, there is no roadmap for life like that is right or that is wrong. And all the times that I thought I was behind, I looked at people that were quote unquote, like ahead of me. And I look back on their life now and I'm like, damn, I wouldn't have traded it. I would, I'm so glad I didn't trade it. I'm so glad I didn't like go live their life because mine was really good. Even though I wasn't grateful enough for it at the moment, I I realize now I'm like, wow, I would not trade my story for theirs. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone can see it here and here and here. I know they can't see you, but they can feel your energy. I'm sure you show up with so much confidence and your, your energy is like super, super magnetic. Do you have any tips for how you cultivated this confidence and how you continue every day to, to do that? I mean, I think that the biggest thing, well, the biggest confidence builder was for me was that vulnerability piece. And so while that's like not totally intuitive, because you're like, Mm -hmm. people that are confident come off like they have all their shit together. But really, people that are confident are willing to bear what they're going through. And what Mm -hmm. makes them confident and magnetic is, is connection and empathy, you know, people can empathize with what you're going through, you have connection that way. And and the the thing that I always wanted, I wanted people to feel like they were my best friend online, I want people to feel yeah. like they know me that they could tell me something hard. I, like, I like that we're talking here. And you're like, I'm gonna tell you about my breakup. Like, even yeah. though it's like hard and like, oh, I don't know you and, and like, so fresh. feels yep. like, like word vomity, like, uh, let me just tell you this thing. But to me, that is what being vulnerable Mm-hmm. and really valuing connection with people does and then people will view you as confident because yes. you are being brave you are being brave with how you live yeah you know and i think for me like let's take body image for example body image was something i always struggled with like i have fluctuated weight in my life a million times i've been very small and i've been quite like for me large and let's say like, I remember the first date, like wearing a sports bra at a gym was like something I was like, that's, I will never do that. I will never wear a sports bra with no shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, that to me was like, only the most confident people could do that. And I remember like, I was sitting there one day and I was stretching after a workout. I was like, I'm so hot. I'm so uncomfortable. This like, oh, this, like this tank top is like clinging to me. I'm uncomfortable. I just wish I didn't have my shirt on. And I looked around and I was like, okay, what does it look like to deal with myself right now? And say, what does it look like to take your shirt off while you stretch in this gym? Could you try that? Could I bet myself to do it? And what happens when you're brave or when you bet yourself a little bit is that next time that feels like not a big deal. And then the next time the bigger thing feels like not a big deal. And so you start gaining this confidence of like, oh, when I risk, not it doesn't always end in a failure and it doesn't yeah. always end in the worst case scenario. And mm-hmm. so I always say that confidence is a practice. Practice Love confidence. It. You are not confident. You practice confidence. Mm-hmm. For me, there are still times I'm going up on a stage and I have to speak or do something and I'm like, why, why me? Why am I here? Like, why mm-hmm. do people care? Like, I'm not shit, whatever. But then you have to be like, okay, what if I just went up there and like did it? And if it sucks and everybody hates it, like I don't, I don't have to do this again. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's not really how it works. It, yeah. That's not usually how it works out. Yeah. And so I would say for people, don't make your goal. I'm confident. Practice confidence. Spell it out to yourself in tiny ways. Do small acts of confidence. Practice it. Make it a daily thing. Like one thing is like you move to a new city. It's scary as shit to ask someone out to go to a coffee that you don't know. It's scary to ask your friend like, hey, you know someone that also lives in Ohio. Could you introduce us? That's scary. But I promise you, you will feel feel more confident if you do it. And then mm-hmm. however it pans out, guess what? The worst case scenario yeah. is not so bad. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Definitely. It's, it's so crazy that we assume and we're like trained to believe that showing our insecurities is like shameful and something we should be afraid of when at the end of the day, vulnerability and showing those insecurities really is us showing up as our authentic selves and that's what's brave and that's what attracts people to us because you show up as you and not right. everybody does most people have some sort of mask or things that they hide and i follow the bailey i think it's the bailey p on instagram and she always talks about confidence being an everyday choice and i and i mm. love that because i think we we think you have to or we're at least trained to believe you have to look a certain way or have a certain job or make this amount of money in order to be confident and those are the little pieces that do that when it's really it's a choice and it's believing in your own self-worth and in all capacities. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And we are just the fewest of questions. <laughs> what is your self-care secret? Huh. Am I allowed to say like, I mean, anything you can say okay. anything you want. You know what? I think really um, getting a handle on like what I needed in my sex life was a huge mm-hmm. self-care secret, yeah. not only for like the physical aspects of it, but um, learning to work past shame or like stigma and asking for what you want and also like getting what you want from yourself mm-hmm. is I think an amazing tool for self-care, not just um, physically, like I said, but mentally it's a good practice to, to work on yourself in the areas that society maybe tells you that should be private and should Mm -hmm. be, you know, we as women particularly have been programmed to be pleasing to the opposite sex or the same sex even, but mostly the opposite sex by the media. And um, I think really exploring that has been a self-care kind of like, that's been a huge hurdle that has really, really helped me. I love that. Definitely. And we're actually interviewing Dr. Holly Richmond tomorrow, which we have all of the deep details in. All of that. (laughs) I love her. She's so amazing. amazing. She's amazing. Uh, Shanae, you've already given so many beautiful pieces of advice, but if you could give 20-year-old Shanae one piece of advice or one thing you would tell her, what would it be? Get out of your own way. Mm. Stop trying to stop trying to predict your future. You can't. You have a very small vision of your life and you have mm. to um, engage, mm-hmm. but also unclench your asshole (laughs) (laughs) incredible yes Yes, she does (laughs) and our last question for you Shanae is where can people find you yeah you can find me um on the internet it's c-h-i-n-a-e alexander Shanae and uh I'm all over the things on that uh you can uh, I mean do people in their 20s use tiktok 
Some of them do. Some of them do. No, uh, we, I'm, I'm just bad at it. We're grandparents. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, doesn't use it. I'm a hundred on TikTok, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm not good. People are like, "Oh, can we find you on TikTok there too?" I'm like, "Yes, but also, but do also maybe no." Do you want to find me on TikTok? Proceed with caution. Um, but yeah, and you can obviously listen to my podcast, Press on Podcast. It is an advice show where we we try to help people out. And she does. She does exactly that. (laughs) Sinead, thank you so, so much for coming on and chatting with us and being just so incredible. This was awesome. This was very fun. And I feel like I feel (sighs) like I've de-stressed for the day because I've hung out with some girlfriends. So, (laughs) yes. And I'll be thinking of you in this time. And it's going to be great. Oh, congratulations because congratulations. you are you are entering a new time and enjoy it and you know what single dog moms i was a single dog mom when i got dingo so oh, okay amazing oh, thank you Shay. and there he is oh, here he is thank you guys so much thank you so much goodbye everybody bye, bye everyone Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.